Welcome to episode number 111, The Building People. I am your host, Damon Soka. Now you might be thinking that is a very strange topic for mental illness, and you are right. But stick with me today. There is an absolute plague within our society that actually causes a good portion of mental illness symptoms and problems, directly and indirectly through stress and peer pressures, and also by a variety of other means. It presses upon us so hard that it is difficult to escape even for the elect who have solid foundations and a testimony of the Savior. Social media, television, fame, fashion, expensive homes, cars, clothing, and the list goes on. Now, before you get up in arms about what I just said, there's nothing wrong with the conduit or the medium. For instance, social media is neither good nor bad. It's just a medium by which we are educated and sometimes consume entertainment. Okay, maybe all the time. The content is the problem, and even then, content by itself without context can be meaningless at times. But with the context, it is powerful. So powerful that even the strongest among us falls into the trappings of social pressures to look, feel, and act in a certain way. And it's not just pressure. Serious punishments exist for those who do not conform to the trend. Because behind the scenes of all this chaos, Lucifer could not care less who he destroys, injures, or tortures. We can be canceled, bullied, trolled, viciously attacked verbally and physically, pushed and pulled into a vortex of viciousness, rivalry, and competition. We are told we are not good enough because of our hair, house, parents, car, clothing, body type and size, and a host of external and even sometimes internal factors, such as things that we believe. As much as I don't like to say it, we can be bullied and degraded for our personal beliefs and words such as bigot, hypocrite, loser, lost, old-fashioned, and a myriad of other names. Now, I'm not just talking about the Christian side of things. All too often, Christians do the bullying in a twisted sense of their personal beliefs. Far too often, we take upon ourselves the methods of the adversary simply because everyone else is using them. By the way, if you use the adversary's tactics, you are his no matter your belief. At least for the moment, you stand by his methodologies. Today, we are going to look at this plague from its capacity to create mental illness. In short-term bursts, medium-term baggage, and long-term madness and misery. Now, we also note that this plague does not create one type of mental illness, but a host of very serious mind-game-inducing illnesses, where individuals are torturing and altering their bodies and themselves and their lives to satisfy what I will term today the building people. I'm going to start with, a, with some scriptures from 1 Nephi 8 of the Book of Mormon. Many of you are going to recognize this as Lehi's dream. I'm going to pull out a few of the scriptures about the great and spacious building from this chapter and one later. The verses from chapter 8 are the following, uh, verses 26, 27, 31, and 33. I'm also going to read a part of verse 18 of chapter 12. And here we go, verse 26. And I also cast my eyes round about and beheld on the other side of the river of water a great and spacious building. And it stood, as it were, in the air, high above the earth. And it was filled with people, both old and young, 
both male and female, and their manner of dress was exceedingly fine, and they were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers towards those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. And he also saw other multitudes feeling their way towards that great and spacious building. That was verse 31. 33, and great was the multitude that did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point the finger of scorn at me and those who were partaking of the fruit. But we heeded them not. Nephi is the at me. Now this is verse 18 of chapter 12. In the large and spacious building, which my father saw is the vain imaginations and the pride of the children of men. So today, this building and what it represents is going to be our point of reference for the plague that is destroying our mental health and our lives. Thus, the term the building people. First, some things to note about the building and the building people that are important. The building was high in the air. It did not have a foundation. It was spacious, and while not specifically noted, likely adorned, exceedingly fine like the people in it. It was strange to Lehi. Buildings were not necessarily spacious because of the materials they used in those days, and anything spacious tended to be only for the very wealthy. It is important to note some things about the building people. First, they had felt their way to that building, meaning that likely the mists of darkness had covered their path until they reached the building. Second, once in the building, they had no way to see that the foundations did not exist. For them, the building was standing, and so there must be a solid foundation for such a spacious and great building. If you are standing in a building, it is impossible to question whether it has a foundation. Third, their apparel or outward symbols of their personal foundations seemed to match the building in that there was no real foundation or reason for their clothing to be exceedingly fine. Fourth, they were mocking others, likely because those people were not in the building, and that they didn't have the same outward symbols and identity. We're going to talk about that. Those people were those who were partaking of the fruit of the tree, although it probably included anyone not in the building. Note, now, we are not told if any of the people in the building had previously taken of the fruit, felt of the iron rod, or waded in the filthy river. But as they are a representation of the people of the earth, the answer is probably, or very likely. Now let's talk about those these people in the building and what caused them to get there in the first place. And then to do the things they did while in the building. And then we can talk about their mental illness concerns. Now of course, we're not going to leave out the concerns of those at the tree and the impacts the building people have on those in the tree but we are going to start with those who felt their way to the building. Now, all we truly know about these people is that some or all of them were pressing forward that they might obtain the path which led to the tree. And once they started on the path, they encountered mists of darkness. The scriptures noted ominously that the mists of darkness arose rather than purposely, than they were purposely or encountered with expectation. And that, because of these mists, these individuals became lost. We are later told in the scriptures of the multitudes feeling their way towards that building, although not noted about the same trying to find their way to the path. Um, there doesn't seem to be any direct connection between these lost people and those feeling their way to the building, but they're probably one and the same, and for today's discussion, really doesn't matter. 
What we can note about these people is that they felt their way to the building, meaning in essence, they could not see it, but could feel its presence in some form. We are not told how. So here comes the part where, as Nephi puts it, we like in the scriptures, or I do. These mists of darkness appear to have great influence over the people, separating, as it were, them into various groups. These mists of darkness are, in my book, in my opinion, the plague that we face, what causes so much of our distress and a good portion of our mental illness. They are all the influences of this world that teach, pressure, bully, torture, force, coerce, dominate, and subtly lead us along to the building. Directly speaking, they are the influences of wealth, where wealth becomes identity. Fashion forces a body type that tells us if we matter or not, where simply one person views themselves above, better than, more important than, more intelligent than, more subtle than, more beautiful than, I think you get the more than picture. These dark mists teach identity, but not identity in the sense of truly why we are searching, but a false identity based on outward and temporary identities. The mists of darkness build that great and spacious building through these vain imaginations. Imaginations such as, I have become wealthy by my own hard work and providence, and this gives me privilege over others. I have the right body type, so I have privileges over others. I have the right house, I live in the right neighborhood, I know the right people. The government gives me power that you don't have. These identities are all based upon comparisons, and the comparisons are actually required for the identities to remain stable. So not only does the person in the building have to listen and build these false identities, or these identities, wherever you want to look, however you want to look at them, but they have to do a great deal of work mentally and physically to keep them. If they lose the difference or the comparison, they lose the identities. If all I have is one color, I can't compare colors. So the first great objective lesson we learn from the people in the building is that everything they are is built upon outward comparison to other individuals or things. Now, to maintain identities built in this way, they have to consistently compare and spend endless amounts of energy to keep the comparisons, the comparison difference, true. And they do this by bullying, intimidating, mocking, scorning, lying, deceiving, consistent, subtle jabbing, trolling, ignoring, casting out, kind of a stars upon thars type of thing if you know the Dr. Seuss book. They write books, podcasts, and create a massive massive amount of teaching tools so that others understand not only why they are different than others, but how others can become like them and have what they have. Now, you might think if you are comparing and your identity relies upon the differences in those comparisons, that you really wouldn't want to invite others to learn to compare as you do and to have the same identities. But the problem with this type of identity is that you need outside reinforcement and consistent feedback to make sure, one, that everyone understands what you are comparing, and two, that they respect your identity and comparisons. Meaning, if I'm going to identify myself by wealth, I need others to see my house, my car, my bank account, my suit, my clothing. Quick note about clothing. It is important because it is always with me, where my other wealth may not be. And identity, so this identity, 
to be able to identify me as wealthy. Not only do I need them to identify my wealth, but I also need to maintain a difference between me and them. If everyone has the same house, car, or whatever, I lose my identity. So if too many people look like me, I have to change my identity or the things that make up my identity. Welcome to the world of the building people and their world that changes faster than one can keep up. Even say something like in power senses, I'm a U.S. Senator, more concerned about power than representation. I am more involved in comparing my popularity with other senators and creating my identity through device, crass, and base actions that get me in the news. If I make the news cycle, then I have identity. I think you can see where this is headed. People with these identities, based on comparison and outward appearance, are consistently reworking and recreating their identities and making sure others are taught about it. Now, doing this really, and I mean really, creates problems in the mind and takes enormous amounts of energy and time. It is truly a life-consuming effort. The first true problem it creates in the mind is the disconnect created by creating this consistently shifting identities based on outward appearances. The mind has to be consistently vigil about every little outward feedback and comparing what they are to what they to what others see. They must also compare themselves to others who are like them to see if they match up. Then with all that information, they must decide if their identity is right or needs adjustment. Now add to that chaos the idea that identities for people in the building are often more, more than about just one thing or just one outward thing. You can't be just wealthy. You need to be beautiful and wealthy. The point here is that a false sense of happiness and the thought of losing one identity creates terrible stresses upon the mind, such that symptoms of various types of mental illness begin to work their way to the surface. Now, let's before we get too far, let's understand a little bit more about the mocking and the ter- many terrible techniques used to keep these comparisons and identities intact. What if I don't recognize their comparisons as real, meaning I could care less if their dress or suit was made Italian-made or from the discount store. I have not just told them I really don't care about the cost of a suit or dress. What I am saying is that I don't recognize their identity, who they believe themselves to be. I don't recognize how they identify themselves. I basically stated, stated from the scriptural terms, hey, do you know that you're standing in a building that doesn't have a foundation? And in the end, it's it's going to fall apart. Now, if they fully knew that the building didn't have a foundation and they had seen it, this probably would bother them so much. This wouldn't bother them so much in some senses. But deep down, they have a feeling that the identity that they have chosen doesn't have a foundation. But they place so much time building this building identity that they only have two choices. Walk out of the building, completely abandoning their identity to a point where they can see if it has foundation, or get angry and mock the identities of others, and do everything to convince themselves and others that their identity and their building has a foundation. Now, of course, they say, you're an idiot. My building is standing. Of course it has a foundation. Buildings can't stand without foundations. Okay, they don't say that directly. They say, can't you see how hard I have worked to build my beautiful building, home, cars, purchase cars, get expensive clothing and educations? Can't you see the world I have built? 
that you don't have. I have done all this by my hard work, and I have built a reputation. How dare you tell me that it has all that I have done has no real value? Can't you see how long I have worked on my body and my image, including my expensive clothing? You need to respect that. Can't you see how long I've been a member of this church and leadership I have held? I don't work in the primary anymore. I am the longest-serving member of this ward, and you need to respect what I say. Yes, unfortunately, all too often it happens where it should not. Where true identities should be really built, but of course we are all learning, and at least hopefully we are. Now to the true identity, the one without serious problems and associated mental illness issues, stresses, and to the one that is stable, has never changed, and never will, and where, in essence, happiness is really found. Now, the problem is all of this building of identity is that we really have, we already have one from the pre-earth life. And leaving the one we already have to build these false identities causes a serious chasm in our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. Internally, spiritually, we know who we are. And we built our identities long ago. But to build these other identities, we have to bury that previous one. The most interesting thing about building, about the building people, and the other people, we'll call them the fruit people, is that the building and the fruit cannot exist together. Meaning, you cannot serve God and mammon. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or hold to one and despise the other. So people will be building people or fruit people. Yes, building people can move to the fruit side and the fruit side to the building side. And there is a distance between where we are likely to exhibit some form of both. For the building people, this chasm, which Nephi noted, is the cause of much of the many terrible mists of darkness in their lives. The mocking, the bullying, the fear, which then leads down a self-inflicted road of mental illness that often then has to be covered by chemical substances, alcohol and the like, internal and external. Eternal therapy that goes nowhere, and so many other coping mechanisms that really can't and don't treat the issue. It is no wonder that Lehi saw so many give up and wander away on strange roads and were drowned in the filthy water. The power of the mists of the darkness is very real to our mortal bodies and mind, and are literally everywhere, and that includes, unfortunately, our churches, homes, and sometimes ourselves. Even the elect are often snared in its terrible grip. I was visiting a friend whose family are, let's call them, very solid members of the church. I admire them. They have built wonderful businesses, served in their community to endless amounts. They are models of membership of the church. I was talking casually to the patriarch of this family one day, just happened to meet with him, who is a long-serving member of councils of the church. What I'm saying is this family is as solid as it gets when you talk about identity and the Lord. The father was, dis was discussing speaking with his son, who lives across the U.S. somewhere, and telling his son that he was going to buy a ticket to come see him for the holidays. What he related has caused me to ponder again and again about how easily these identities creep into our lives and cause issues. He said that his son stated specifically to him, No, Dad. Don't buy the ticket. I will buy the ticket. I don't want you flying with the peasants. This caused me to shudder, really because of my great respect for them. 
Now, I don't think less of this family, but it did open my eyes to the power of those mists of darkness and the mocking of the building people and just how powerful it can be to even the most stalwart member of the church. Why did this concern me so much? One of the key elements of true mental health is accepting our true identities and understanding the power of that simple white fruit noted in the same dream, but also avoiding those mists of darkness and the mocking people, even after we have tasted of the fruit again and again and again, and have fully come to accept our identities as children of Christ. Now, personally, I have great compassion for the building people who mock. I know, that sounds strange. To mock someone is certainly and terribly destructive, and in the end, it's just mean. But if you see past this facade, this mocking facade, to the foundations, or in this case, the lack thereof, my heart truly begins to melt for them. They lack foundations necessary for happiness, peace, true love, true understanding. Their soul is actually in terrible distress. And as much as the mocking does not appear to be, it is one huge cry for help. They are miserable. And as the saying goes, misery loves company. And I will add, no matter how it gets it. It helps me to see them this way. Their mocking doesn't appear so harsh and the pointing so determined. It has actually helped me tremendously to see the building people without foundation, sitting in the airy building, feeling proud of their accomplishments and their identities, but spiritually and emotionally feeling the emptiness of those foundations, but truly not knowing what to do about it. In some ways, my heart really hurts for them, even though they have made their choices. These are awfully, deeply unhappy people who have in some ways attempted to leave their deep spiritual legacy of pre-mortal experiences along the path towards that building to accept what feels very hollow and very empty. Then the people around them tell them that this is happiness. And while it doesn't feel like it, everyone else accepts it. And so in some strange, mortal, mind-warping way, misery is redefined as happiness. When it still doesn't feel right, then some chemical substances and all their flavors are applied to deaden the hollow feeling. By the way, these chemical substances are not just legal and illegal drugs. They are new relationships, intimate and otherwise, that simply induce those happy chemicals in the brain. To be simple, I actually am no longer bothered by the building people because I have great compassion for their personal torture and misery. This is actually one of the secrets to combat combating those mists of darkness in our lives and the mocking building people. But I can tell you that you'll not be able to see their suffering until it is extricated from yourself and you find that true foundation of Christ. I know that we say often a foundation of Christ. This simply means you have come to understand who you are. You are remembering your pre-mortal life, a spiritual being having a mortal experience. You have found your purpose to grow, to become like our Father in Heaven and Savior. You have had sufficient experiences with gospel doctrines and principles to know of their truth. There's no magic to it. And as it has been said, it is simply beautiful and simply and beautifully simple. There is an evaluation to be made, and that can only be done through personal revelation and a relationship with the Savior. In the end, it is just 
easy to do your part so that the Lord can do his. And you will find relief in his house and happiness above his foundations. Until next week.